and welcome to 17 Minutes of Science. My name is Sarah Cheeseman, and I am a technical solutions scientist at InVivo Biosystems. And today we are traveling time zones to Australia to meet our guest, Melissa Cristina Marquez, to talk about spreading diversity and inclusion in science through sharks. And Melissa is joining us from her iPhone. Unfortunately, her video feed wasn't cooperating today, but we're lucky to hear her voice. So we're going to go with that. I am starting my timer because this is 17 minutes of science. I haven't been warning people that I'm doing that, but I remembered to do it today. Melissa is a shark behavioral ecologist and she's currently pursuing her PhD at Curtin University. She's also a TV presenter, a freelance writer, and a science communicator. Melissa has had a long interest in sharks and their relatives, and in 2013, she created the Fins United Initiative to allow for scientifically accurate and open access materials about these fascinating animals for educators to access worldwide. In addition to everything I just mentioned, Melissa is an advocate for the potential of young women to pursue scientific careers, especially Latino women. So welcome, Melissa, and I'd love for you to jump in and, and say a few more words about your background before we go to the questions. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I mean, you've basically nailed on it on the head of everything that I do. Um, except you forgot to mention that I love macaroni and cheese and puppies. And when you don't see me doing all of those things, um, I can be found snuggling up with a good book. Um, How does the yeah, mac and cheese? So I'm just like everybody else. You're <laughs> just like everybody else. How does mac and cheese translated in Australia? It's interesting. <laughs> it's not as cheesy. <laughs> we all have to take our comfort food with us. Well, tell us a bit yeah, of exactly. what inspired you to start the Fins United Initiative. Yeah, so I started Fins United Initiative when I was in undergrad. And I actually lived in Sarasota, Florida. And I realized that even though a lot of people used Sarasota Bay for recreational purposes, such as fishing or boating, or even just going to the beach, they actually weren't paying attention to the animals that were there. Primarily, a lot of people didn't know that there were sharks in Sarasota Bay. So I took it upon myself to start going into classrooms and start educating the younger kids about the amazing sharks that are in what they call their backyard um, and talk about their importance and why we need them and why we shouldn't fear them as much as kind of the media tells you uh, that you should. So the FinGenet initiative has absolutely skyrocketed and grown since I've moved around quite a few different times and it's become international and I've gone to multiple countries uh, virtually through uh, Skype and Google Hangouts and Zoom and talked to kids about the importance of sharks, why they're important, why we need them in our ecosystems um, and just telling them a little bit about what it's like to be a shark scientist as well. Uh, it's definitely been a highlight of my life. I've gotten a lot of really good questions from kids. A lot of them uh, make me think, make me laugh, and yeah, I love what I do. Sounds like a really unique opportunity to bring that kind of science to students, even if it's in their, their backyard, but they've never had a chance to, to learn it in that sense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, thanks to COVID-19, a lot of learning has gone into virtual now. Um, and so Finch United, we have had quite a lot more uh, getting into these virtual classrooms and telling kids about sharks. So hopefully when everything kind of opens up back up, uh, they can go out to the beaches and be like, yeah, there's some sharks out there. They're pretty cool. I'm excited <laughs> to share an ecosystem with them. 
How many countries have you visited virtually? Where have you been recently? Oh, recently I've been to India, Egypt, and Japan. Mm. And do they find their way to you or is it through the network of educators uh, that are part of the initiative? Yeah, little column A, little column B. Um, I've had quite a few really good ones through the program Skype Scientists as well, uh, where I got to talk to a bunch of classrooms around the world about my work as well. So yeah, just a really good kind of network and I guess word of mouth now that TFUI has been around for a while. Hmm. I noticed because I looked at your website uh, before we met with you that the, the majority of your partners on in the initiative are, are women scientists. Is that correct? Yeah, there's quite a lot of them that are women scientists. Uh, and that's kind of been another um, avenue for me is talking about the importance of representation uh, and inclusion and diversity in science. Uh, because growing up, I never really saw myself. Uh, in a lineup of what a quote-unquote scientist or shark scientist was. So I think it's really important that when people kind of read the, the series is called The Behind the Fins. Uh, so when people see that lineup, I really want them to see someone that looks like them so they can realize that, yeah, this is an avenue they can do. Mm, I love that. And when you look back um, to, to when you were growing up, do you have a, a moment that you can recall that ignited your passion for science as a, as a younger girl? The first memory I have actually is of me harassing hermit crabs on the Puerto Rican beaches when, where I grew up. And I've always kind of had that fascination with the ocean, but it wasn't really until I watched Discovery Channel Shark Week when I moved from Mexico over to the States uh, that it kind of really clicked for me that, yeah, that's the animal I want to study. Because before it was really broad, it was just, oh, I really like the oceans and I really want to learn more about them. But it wasn't until I saw a great white leaping out of the ocean um, and then getting to hear Sylvia Earle and Dr. Eugenie Clark talk about sharks that it really kind of cemented for me. Like, yeah, I can do this. There's other women out there that are doing this. I'm definitely going for it. Mm, that's terrific. And so when you when you saw that great white, you weren't um, your first reaction wasn't wasn't fear based. No, <laughs> I've always had a fascination with Miss understood predators. Uh, one of my last names actually means village of the wolves. So I think it's in me to always kind of have a little bit of sympathy or look out for uh, these animals that kind of get a bad rap that don't really deserve it. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's in my blood. It's in your blood. And so was, as you are now working uh, on your PhD, which sounds like that's what took you to Australia, is that correct? Yeah, so the PhD that I'm doing over here is kind of twofold. It's got the shark biology, uh, where I'm looking at shark habitat use, so figuring out why sharks are where they are. Uh, but it's also got another component of conservation that I feel like a lot of people forget about, which is the human aspect of it. Uh, so I'm looking at how our perception of sharks, our attitude toward sharks, has actually changed throughout the years, and if our uh, attitude and perception of these animals actually sways conservation initiative success. So uh, yeah, it, it's been really, really interesting. And it's one of the reasons actually why I kind of started Finch United way back when, because I think 
people need to be more aware of what are the actual problems that sharks are facing, uh, what are these animals actually like, and a lot of times in the media you just see them portrayed as these bloodthirsty killers or man-eaters and monsters, and that's not the case. There's over 500 different species of sharks, and they're all very unique, very different from one another, and so I think it's really important that we showcase that diversity um, in a way that's open access to the general public. So for those people who do want to learn more about sharks, uh, they can do so in a way that is scientifically backed. Mm. I noticed that it seemed like one of your mission statements on the website was about distilling that primary literature for, for general audiences to be able to understand how important these species are in our oceans um, and to ecosystems yeah. large. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a believer of getting rid of unnecessary jargon. Uh, of course, there's always going to be some scientific uh, jargon in scientific studies and in articles. But I think, you know, just how we're talking about it right now, it's very easy to distill a lot of information without kind of overwhelming somebody with a bunch of words that they don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you want... Um to bring people around to your way of understanding, that's a surefire way into doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's kind of like one of the driving motivations for the podcast that I have as well. Um, so I run the Conciencia Azul podcast, which is me having conservations about marine science and marine conservation in another language, Spanish, which is my first language. Um, but how we talk, it's almost as if it's just two friends having a chat over coffee. It's something that anyone can understand. So even if you come midway into the conversation, thanks to context clues and whatever it is that we're saying, you can kind of get the gist of what it is that we're saying. Um, so th that's kind of like the three big pillars of my life is making science accessible for everybody, making science communication more inclusive by having it open access and also available in multiple different languages. Uh, and of course, it's got to be overshadowed by all the sharks because I love sharks. And that's the, that's the theme throughout. Tell <laughs> us about the podcast and, and the, the, the guests that you have and how you make those connections. Yeah, so a lot of the guests, I actually just find them on Twitter. You know, I put out a uh, kind of a call for scientists who speak Spanish who are willing to talk to me about their work. Um, and I've had a really good reception so far with some amazing people from around the world, um, both those who are native Spanish speakers and those who've actually learned Spanish, uh, to talk about the scientific research that they do worldwide. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating because a lot of times it's science completely different to what I usually study. So I get to learn new things. I get to take notes and actually delve into it later on. Uh, but also, I think it's really important for me as a science communicator to share that information with the world in a way that a lot of people are responsive to, which is podcast form. Mm, indeed. And is that, is that taking off in the way that the Fins United has also taken off? Yeah, it's had a pretty good reception. Uh, just because I started my PhD recently, I did take a slight hiatus to kind of focus on moving across a continent and getting my first year kind of under my belt. Uh, but it is restarting in 2021, and I'm really excited to get back out there to have these conversations with some amazing people. Mm. Yeah, it's wonderful how we can reach so many new audiences through 
through this format like we're doing right now. It definitely exactly. Yeah, it's wonderful. And that's what inspired us. We were talking about this earlier to start 17 minutes of science was COVID-19 and, and the quarantine that many of us were, were in and yet wanting to continue to have conversations about these topics that we cared about and connect with people and honestly think about something different. <laughs> than oh, all the I 100% get that. Uh, yeah, sometimes just kind of consistently listening to the news can get you feeling pretty down. So just turning on either a podcast or some music or reading something online that doesn't have to do with what's going on in the world. It's kind of nice to step away for a little bit and kind of recenter yourself in a way. Totally agree. And that leads me to a question that I love here on the list, which is learning that you have written a children's book and that it is coming to press soon. So tell us more about that inspiration. Yes, yeah, so uh, the series, because it is actually three books, um, is going to be published by Scholastic with the very first one called uh, Crocodile Rescue. Uh, that will be hitting bookshelves on February 2nd, 2021. Um, and essentially the Wild Survival series is about this young girl and her travels around the world with her family who have a successful TV show that goes and helps rehabilitate and rescue animals. Uh, but she always has some kind of run-ins with her wildlife that is around her. And that's actually inspired from and based on the experiences I've had with wildlife. So the very first book, uh, Crocodile Rescue, uh, Adriana, who's the main uh, character, she actually has a run-in with a crocodile, just like I did. So it's really special to me. Um, this book series because not only uh, is it my debut series, which I'm very excited about, um, and it's with Scholastic, which I grew up going to those book fairs, so it's really sentimental to me, but it's also another great avenue to reach kids and tell them about different conservation aspects about animals. So in the book, you not only get to learn about all these amazing animals uh, that call Cuba home, but you get to learn a different language. Um, there's a Spanish glossary in there. Um, and you get to learn some wildlife survival skills as well. So what to do when you're lost in the woods? What do you look for? Um, those sort of things. So I'm really, really excited. Um, and yeah, just really proud of what we've been able to uh, turn out. That sounds great. I'm going to look for it. It sounds like a field guide melded with your alter ego. Yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. And it's funnily enough how I said that uh, one of my last names means Village of the Wolves. Uh, Adriana's last name is actually that last name. So her name is Adriana Villalobos. Nice. Well, that's a great through line then. <laughs> uh, perpetuate that, that side of yourself. And three books. So you've mapped out that series. Yeah, yeah. So um, three books, three very different animals. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Well, I love, I love that um, children's books have just really, the quality has just increased so much, I, th I think, in recent decades because of all this great content um, that makes children aware of how all these things are interconnected. I love the science, the science books for kids. It's, there's so much good stuff. So thank you for contributing. Oh, yeah. No, it's my pleasure. You know, it's funny. It's, I look at children's sections in libraries and in bookstores now and I'm so jealous because it's stuff that I wish I had growing up um, so I hope 
kids take advantage of it or can take advantage of the amazing amount of information that is out there uh, because our world is absolutely fascinating and I hope they get to explore every inch of it be it through travel or through travel through a book that's right and you can't protect what you don't love and understand so exactly yeah. well if scholastics involve it will end up in lots of school libraries so that was a good method <laughs> <laughs> in our last moments because we're almost at 17 minutes tell us of course your favorite kind of shark and why tiger shark and it's because they are so charismatic and so beautiful. Uh, that's one of my favorite questions of all times, just because I love talking about this absolutely gorgeous animal. Um, I've been very lucky to actually be able to swim with them and snorkel with them, and they have no sense of personal space whatsoever. They really get up and close to figure out what you are, uh, but I love that about them. Hmm. Well, that's terrific. The tigers of the sea, but the friendly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Melissa, that our timer went off. That was our 17 minutes. That was fascinating. Thank you for taking us on a world tour and all of the pursuits that, that you have. Uh, I wish you all the best, especially in your pursuit of your degree in Australia. And I know I'll be following what you're up to. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you again for having me. It was a true pleasure.